A message from our sponsor, Pivot Lending Group, Littleton, Colorado. Pivot Lending Group provides a tailored mortgage lending experience with strong local builder and realtor relationships and customized loan services. We pivot to help you grow in your community and realize your personal home ownership goals. Visit us at pivotlending.com. Hi, this is Mitch Friedman with Pivot Lending Group, and I am pleased to have Sam Biller join us today. Sam is the leader of the Sam Biller team with Keller Williams. And Sam, welcome to the podcast today. I'm looking forward to having some conversation and getting to know you a little bit and being able to share your information with some of your clients. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Mitch. I appreciate it. Certainly. I know you've been in real estate for quite some time, and you and I have done some business together over the years. And I think um, what we want to learn today is a little bit about how you handle your business, uh, what your clients can expect from you, a little bit of your personal side of things and what got you into real estate and uh, things you see in the industry here in Colorado and some things you like to do outside of real estate that we can all relate to, I'm sure, as far as a little downtime. So, Sam, what got you into real estate? I remember as a kid going with my folks to go look at houses and thought that that might be an interesting job. I do remember my dad saying that probably wasn't a fantastic job. And so, I mean, it was just kind of interesting watching my parents go through the home buying process as a kid. But ultimately, I went to college, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I went to Regis University and got a history and poli-sci degree and ultimately became a computer programmer with Anderson Consulting where we did Y2K mitigation. So back in with all the software programs that were screwed up from Y2K. Then I rode the dot-com wave for... uh, three or four years, but I, what I didn't like about it was, A, I wasn't good at it. I wasn't, I was, it was a very technical job and I just don't believe I had a great aptitude for it. But I was really good at riding the volatility of that, getting laid off, interviewing, getting better jobs. I was really good at selling myself. You know, maybe I'll go into real estate because I'd actually bought my first house at 22. It wasn't a fantastic experience. And ultimately with all the layoffs, I kind of thought, well, okay, well, if I'm not going to have any control over my income, I'd like to put myself in a position of where I can only really blame myself if I'm not succeeding. So I thought real estate might be a great place for me to go. Well, that that seems to make sense because uh, real estate requires a lot of resiliency. And it sounds like you made it through that time, which everybody was kind of up in arms going, what's really going to happen at 12.01 a.m.? Yeah. And so not only was that that going on, I got into real estate about 90 days after 9-11. That was a really weird time in real estate, if you remember. I do. Yes, it was. So we've definitely ridden a lot of really weird waves, whether it's what happened during dot-coms, post 9-11, the 2008 meltdown, everything that we've been dealing with over the last eight years with the market turning back on. And definitely resiliency is the key. Right. And I think with the intensity of real estate, I know you like to do a little travel when you get some downtime. Uh, Where do you like to travel? I love going to Mexico, Vegas. I spend a lot of time fishing and hunting with my son. I can get my daughter to come with me as well. I love it when she's when she comes along as well. But definitely fishing and hunting. I've got a hunting dog that I run around with a little bit. Her name's Daisy. You can see her on nice. my, my Facebook page. Nice. Uh, but she's a she's a white lab and she's definitely a big part of vacations and downtime. So that's for the most part, that's that's what we do. A lot of fishing and hunting and try to get to the beach a couple of times a year. Nice. Good for you. Well, I love the beach. I grew up at the beach, so I resonate quite strongly with the ocean and the pool and the, the uh, energy the ocean puts out. Definitely. It's a, it's a really good way to just kind of chill out for a little while. So good for you to get away. I mentioned you have two kids. 
Uh, any kind of funny stories that you recall as being a father of them and what might be a huge story to share with us? You know, I mean, my kids, you know, as far as funny stories, I mean, there's, they probably have more funny stories about me, but they're great kids. I'm a single dad. I've got a son who's 17. He's a senior at Legacy High School. Fantastic daughter as well. She's a junior at Legacy High School. A little empty nest syndrome here over the next uh, 24 months with my son leaving and then my daughter leaving shortly after that. So I know that'll be a weird transition. But, uh, yes. Yeah, it's an interesting transition. Uh, I have three daughters all who have gone out and I am an empty nester. So it's kind of a an interesting time in the beginning. And then you kind of like your freedom with having to be able, be able to roam around as you please. And then yeah. really enjoying when they come back and hang out and you say to them, at least I say to them, can't you stay a little longer? Right. <laughs> like, no, I got to go. I got to go back to my life. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So good for you. I'm glad, glad you uh, have a nice family and enjoying, enjoying your time together, it sounds like. So you mentioned you have a dog. Uh, what's your dog's name and what type of dog is it again? Her name's Daisy. She's a three-year-old uh, yellow lab. She actually just looked at me right now because I said her name. She's actually pure white, but she's she's considered yellow. But she's an awesome dog. She's a, I mean, I'd say she's an average hunter, but she's a great family dog and just a she's she's a lot of fun to be around. Nice, well, good for you. And if you ever come into my office, sometimes you'll see her in there as well. So, kind of jumping back into the real estate side of things. So can you tell and share with us how long you've been in the real estate industry as far as a professional realtor? I believe this is my 21st or 22nd year. It's been over 20 years of selling real estate. And like I said, multiple markets, different upturns and downturns and, and uh, really ultimately being successful, you know, in all of those markets helping and helping a lot of different people through a lot of different bizarre situations. The good and the bad of a podcast is people can't see our faces, but if they could see your face, you definitely don't look like you've been doing this for 21 years. You, you look like you're 21 years old. So uh, good for you and keep keep it up. Appreciate that. <laughs> of course. I know you mentioned that your family was in real estate, but and you've seen it around, but what, do you, what does kind of really get you going in real estate? What gets you excited about coming to work every day and, and being part of this industry? You know, that really kind of changes from time to time. You know, obviously, when I first got into real estate, it was just, you know, this is such an interesting industry of a revolving door of so many people that come and go, and the consumer is so underserved. And so, really, initially, it was just how can I be, become successful and sustain in the business? And then it turns into how many families can you help? And, and then different things get you excited, whether it's finding a piece of real estate and tearing something down and building something. I've done that a couple of times. I, started a property management company and built it to about a hundred doors and then sold that off to a, uh, a friend of mine. And, and that was a, a fun adventure and started teams where, you know, mentoring agents. And so again, there's been different times in my career where I was motivated by different things or different things got me excited, but uh, there's just so many opportunities to help people. And, and again, better your life in this business sure. as well. Right. And there's so many facets to real estate and you touched on a couple, there's property management, there's rental properties, there's rehabbing properties. There's multiple family complexes you could purchase. So I completely understand that because I get involved a little bit myself. So I find it fascinating in those areas as well. You mentioned the word team. and I know you have a team. Maybe you can share with uh, our listeners the team concept for you and what your team looks like right now and who those team players are as far as what positions they have. Well, so as far as the team, I've always sort of, you know, my first couple of years in the business, I was just a, a single agent. And then the busier you get, you start realizing you need some help and 
And again, you want to bring in the additional human resources to make sure your clients are getting served at the highest level. So initially, my first hire was just a, an additional agent, a good friend of mine, Brian Williamson, who's stayed in the industry in different components. And then obviously bring on an assistant and transaction coordinator. And then, you know, buyers, agents and different agents that work on your team kind of come and go. But it was about three years ago where I was more on purpose with building a more defined team, putting in really great infrastructure, great search tools for our clients. And again, putting just uh, redefining my systems and processes to, again, all, again having a, a little bit more of a, a responsibility to the industry to, A, make sure my clients are being served well. Again, talking a little bit about the revolving door in this industry. And so if, if I can take ownership of actually training agents and making them great agents to, to help the industry be better, that's fun. And that's exciting to watch them be successful as well. So that's really got me excited over the last three, four years. Right out of the gate, the team was very successful. And uh, again, not only do we get to serve more families when we do that, but we get to help change different people's lives where you know, you can watch them become successful in this industry. And I've seen you do that, and that's great. So uh, congratulations on that. It's uh, it's not an easy task by any means. And I also see the team concept, at least in the real estate side, and I have a team on my side, on the mortgage side, is that you're only one person, and there's work for about four people on every transaction. Yep. So it would really, it does justice to our clientele to have that support, whether it's admin support or even another realtor to help step in should you be out one day or showing property to someone else if need be. And someone else said, I need to, I want to see this home right now. And you could say, no problem. I'll have one of my teammates give you a call and show that property to you. So you can really Absolutely. provide a great service to your clientele, as well as expanding, grow and mentor other people who want to be successful in the business, which to me is a whole nother level of commitment. And that's a uh, hats off to you for doing that. Cause that is not an easy task for sure. It's not, but like I said, it's fun to watch people be successful with it. And again, one of the big, biggest benefits of the team just with our consumers and our clients is our customers and our clients always are working with, you know, for example, if someone's working with me, they're working with me. But the upside is, is the ball never gets dropped in regards to a market that's been moving as fast as ours. If it is likely that maybe I'm on the other side of town with a client and there's a sense of urgency for somebody to get into a house, there's always somebody there to pick up that slack. Which actually is a great lead into the next question because it's right right up that alley. And that is, if I was a new home buyer and I was contacting you or your team, what would some of the things that you would share with me that would be important for our listeners to know if they were new home buyers or even a, a second time home buyer, given the current marketplace of what they should expect from how to prepare themselves for buying a home and or what to expect from your team and how to get set up for that as well? Well, first and foremost is, Whenever the thought pops into your mind to buy a house, whether you think you want to do something next week or next year, call us. Because what we find is a lot of people hold off on calling us. They don't want to bother us or they're fearful of dealing with credit stuff or whatever the situation may be. But the sooner you start talking to us and we start putting together a game plan for you, the better off you're going to be. One of my favorite things to say is if you don't sit down and start putting strategy together on how you're going to buy your next property is ultimately in a moment of weakness, you'll end up making a weak decision. So we find that when our clients come in and sit down with us for 34, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and have an in-depth conversation about what they want, how they want to get that accomplished, get them teed up with a great financing person like yourself, just that 45 minutes to an hour to getting things lined up is just going to make their transaction considerably better. As opposed to just jumping out there, looking at houses, not having an idea what the customer wants, really figuring out how we can get them to the finish line. 
so we can have minimal brain damage and get them ultimately what they really want. And, you know, that, that is, goes in hand in hand with our side of the industry. And that is if we can meet with a client a month or two in advance of them looking to actually go buy a property, we can do all of the legwork up front, such as an application, run the credit report, gather supporting documents and give a really good game plan on what the best loan program options are available, given what they want to do. In lieu of getting a call nine o'clock on Saturday morning and say, we just love, we just saw a home that we loved. Sam and I are ready to write a contract. What do I need to do? And at that point, it's, well, we need to get started <laughs> and we need right. to make sure you qualify to write that offer. And so we can do that in 20 to 30 minutes. But the experience is completely different when you start in the very early stages before you're out writing contracts to get yourself prepared. So same thing on our end. So I think it's yeah. great that it goes hand in hand. And it sounds simple, but again, it's night and day difference in how your transaction goes if you sit down for a few minutes and put a really solid idea together. I fully agree with you. I mean, the beauty of technology is we can do it that quickly, but again, the experience that our clients have with that versus being prepared 30 or 45 days prior to does change that experience of, this felt great, I was not rushed, we'd be able to do this in a systematic way versus, oh my goodness, I had three weeks to close on a home. And I honestly have no idea how we did it, but we did it. And uh, we wanted to know how they did it. And they wanted, they want, I want them to remember that we had a really good experience all the way through. Sure. So, and we're good with the fire drills too, but if we can make it nicer, that's what we'd prefer to do. For sure. So same question, but if I was a seller calling you, say I'm considering selling my home, how would you advise me and what strategy should I expect from you and your team? That is one of the biggest differentiating factors is, is really giving this to the seller all the information up front, having an in-depth pre-qualification so we really understand what their goal is, what they're trying to get done. So when we actually go out to tour the house, give a listing presentation, we really know how to speak to what they're trying to get accomplished. So we're not assuming anything with the transaction. So, and ultimately when you listen, sell a house, I mean, any professional agent, there's about 18 to 20 things. You might have some people have a 500 point checklist, but there's about 20 things that have to get done and done well to have some really fantastic results. And we pride ourselves in getting the things that really matter done. And we, we execute those at a very high level to make sure that we don't leave any money on the table. You know, there's, there's really two approaches in business. You know, obviously some people try to reduce costs and other people try to maximize revenue. That's our approach when we go and list a house is we are here to absolutely maximize your revenue so you walk away with the most amount of money. If I was a seller, I would say that's the that's a wonderful strategy and it sounds great. We definitely try to knock their socks off. And I know you do, and I've worked with many of your seller clients, and so I know exactly how they feel around that. What can your clients expect from you that would separate you from other agents that they might be talking with to represent them? You know, I think one of the most important things, again, I mean, there's close to 40,000 realtors in Colorado. The average realtor is in and out of the business in less than a year. So you've got a lot of people that just aren't good at this out there handling people's largest asset. And I think when you come to work with somebody like me and you let me help you with your sale or your purchase, you're always going to get 100% fantastic advice for you and your family. I don't have to make another sale this month, you know, to take care of myself. I want to, and I'm here to make money, but you can rest assured that I'm never giving you the advice that I see so many agents do where it's only benefiting them. We're here to make sure that you and your family are taken care of. You get the best advice possible and it doesn't feel like you're dealing with a salesperson. You're getting solid advice 
and how to manage one of your largest assets. And I completely pride ourselves in the fact that we take that very seriously for our, for our clients. And I know you do, and that's important for people to hear and understand that that is really your foundation of your business, which is why you've been able to stick around for 20 plus years. For me, it's the same philosophy. It's not about me, it's about our clients. And this is my 33rd year helping people with home loans. So I'm going to assume doing the right thing is still working by doing the right thing and putting our clients first. You know, we both have fiduciary responsibilities per our, per our licensing that we have received to make sure our clients come first at all, all costs. Right. We take it seriously. Not everybody does. So it's important when you find people that follow their fiduciary. Without a doubt. And maybe you can explain what fiduciary means real quick. Well, when you're represented in a real estate transaction, there's a couple of different ways you can be represented. Typically, we represent our buyers in a buyer agency agreement or our sellers in a listing agency agreement, which means I've got a fiduciary legal responsibility to protect your best interest, which means I'm never going to disclose your motivations. I'm always going to tell you what's best for you and your family. Again, I'm going to make sure that you're positioned in a place of power in the transaction and everything's completely transparent. And again, that's, there's a lot of power and having a legal, somebody having a fiduciary responsibility to make sure you've got the best representation. So what I'm hearing is fiduciary equals client's best interest always. 100%, 100% yes. Absolutely. Great. And I think I, I wanted to explain that because not everybody knows what that word means. And it gets used quite a bit in our industry because it's so important. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with the people that are listening to your podcast that you would like for them to know about Sam, Sam's team, Sam's family, your position in real estate, what you think might be happening in the future. There's so much wealth that can be built in real estate. I mean, the, the most wealth in this country has been, been accumulated through buying real estate or individual stocks. And uh, it's a lot easier to speculate in real estate. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is, it's hard not to buy real estate and hold on to it for 10 years and not come away looking like a, a business genius. And again, with what we're seeing with inflation right now, I mean, we're, it's such a great time to be putting your money into real estate. And as far as what we're going to see with the market, I mean, we don't have a crystal ball, but I mean, the basic demographics and where we're at right now with population growth and just our absolute undersupply of, of homes in the Denver market. I mean, right now, you know, there's roughly 5,500 homes in the market. For us to be in somewhat of a normal market, we need about 15,000 more homes to hit the market. So now's a great time to buy because, again, you can't outsave this market. Properties are appreciating. Sellers are in a place of power. And uh, Denver is definitely an exciting place to be right now. Yeah, and I agree with that. I agree with uh, inflation, which is real, which will probably continue to get a little bit more impacted. And putting your money in real estate is a wonderful asset to have in times of inflation. And we can go through a calculation that I'm not going to in this podcast, but the benefits of owning a home and seeing 5 or 10% appreciation over many years versus being a renter, getting zero appreciation, your net worth is dramatically different. One, one is basically going backwards, unfortunately, and that's paying rent. And the other is uh, going forward in leaps and bounds, and that's owning a piece of real estate. Even if you have a very, very small amount of money for a down payment, buying and owning real estate in that term that you mentioned 10 years or even more, for sure, if you can hold on to it, the benefit of that from an investment standpoint far outweighs not considering buying anything at all. I agree. And so that's that's where you come in with your advice around that. And that's where I come in with my advice around what's available to clients who feel like they had to have 20% down payment to buy a home. And in fact, you could buy a home with no down payment if you meet certain criteria or 3% down. 
that conversation about how to do that is a different podcast. But I, I just thought I'd put it out there because I think it's so important to stress owning real estate in some way. One thing to talk to you about that is I put this out on social media a few years ago, and I, I had such a great response from it. I think so many people know how important it is to own real estate, but so many people avoid the conversation because, again, maybe they don't want to look at financing. They don't want their credit looked at. They're afraid of what the, what the process is. And that's our job is to help make that easy for them. And again, whether again you buy something in a year or two years down the line, we're willing to work with people to make sure that you can get to that point at some at some time in your life and get yourself positioned well. Correct. And into your initial comments when we started this conversation, that is, it doesn't have to be that you're going to go look to buy a home tomorrow to have that conversation today. It could be six months to a year out. In wrapping this up, what's the best way for the people listening to this podcast to get a hold of you? Shoot me a voicemail, call me on my cell phone. My cell phone number is 303-507-8945. My phone's on all the time. Love to chat with you. Well, Sam, really appreciate us getting together. It's been a long time coming. I know you're a busy man, so I appreciate taking the time out of your day to, to chat. I hope your listeners who are listening to this podcast got a little bit out of it to get to know you. You talk very strongly about your passion and desire to help your clients, which is really what it's all about. And I appreciate you coming on today and chatting. Thanks, Mitch. Appreciate the opportunity. This episode was brought to you by Pivot Lending Group, NMLS 10995. Copyright 2021, Pivot, all rights reserved. Financial Funding Solutions Incorporated, TBA Pivot Lending Group, 10397 West Centennial Road, Lotuson, Colorado, 80127. Pivot does business in accordance with the Fair Housing Law and Equal Credit Opportunity Act. Pivot Lending is regulated by the Division of Real Estate, Colorado. To learn more or find a full listing of our state licensing, visit pivotlending.com or nmlsconsumeraccess.org.